Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we are also joined by Matt Rushing from the 602 Club and Aggressive Negotiations. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Great to be back. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, I didn't really know which episode this was going to be when uh, William was like, hey, you want to be on? And I was like, yeah. And then I looked up what the episode was going to be, and I, I just, I am so ecstatic to be talking this episode with you guys. This is going to be a fun episode. This one kind of surprised me, uh, and we'll get into a little more detail on why this episode surprised me. I was not expecting the end, but um, also, Stephen, I'm glad you were able to escape the clutches of the Empire. Uh, yes, and, was I, and yes. it was it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> so you won't believe this. You remember the Inquisitors? You may you may remember them from like I don't know a long time ago. In a galaxy um, far, but they far were away. there, and it and it was pretty bad. So ooh. Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm no worse for wear. I mean, I'm I'm missing an arm or two or three, but you know, it's not a big deal. Wait, you have you that know, many like, arms? What are you? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. That's too well, funny. They 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 cut it off and then they like grafted it back on on like my back and then they cut it off again just to make it worse. You know, wow. it's the Empire. Ouch. They're, the Inquisitor. The Inquisitors are very creative. You know, if I remember correct, I think we had something it's like a Tarkin. Nightmare. I, I think when we were doing we talk clones, we had a thing like that with Tarkin. That that years ago. So let's just get into the episode. God. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. Okay, hang on. First of all, because we sure. haven't actually said it yet. Right. What we are talking about is Rebels season three, episode eighteen, Secret Cargo. And before we ever get anywhere close to that, we yes. have a pretty big announcement we need to talk about. Yes, we do. Um. Well, we got an announcement this week that Star Wars Rebels got renewed for season four. Now. To tell you honestly, I mean, it was hit. Wait a minute, it was hit and miss there because when all the announcements started coming out, hey, Rebels got picked up for season four, and there was a link. I go to that link, it wasn't there. I'm like, yeah, well, well, okay, but it got corrected. Accidentally, Stars.com accidentally tweeted the wrong link. Yeah, and, and that was nice because it got cor- and it was great because it got corrected. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they quickly fixed it, and I'm very excited that Star Wars Rebels is going to return again for a fourth season uh, beginning ne- this fall. And uh, it, it's interesting. Do you interesting. Think we'll in get the, to it, see the episode, the uh, opening episode at uh, Celebration? I don't know. It seems that awfully would be early. Interesting. Like, I would not be surprised, though. You think they're still going to do it that early? I mean, I'm sure they have the episodes done long in advance, right, as, as we know, but... Um, I don't know. I'm it's, just hoping because it's my first celebration, and I'm like, I want the special stuff. This is gonna be your first celebration. It is. Somehow I missed that. Yeah. When, we, when we've been talking about it, we, I uh, know. I'm. Oh, I. I'm so ecstatic. So the fact that we have this Rebels news, uh, you know, of course, uh, the Last Jedi and celebration. It's like Star Wars Nirvana for me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. 
so uh, going back to the actual announcement for a moment. Sorry, uh-huh. I'm detouring against. I I pulled up the announcement while you guys were talking. That's okay. You're what? So you're, one of the, the things that, that they meant... canceled, Stephen. Yeah, you're, you're uh, what? Star Wars you're, detours you're... is not being. Not detailed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, one. Matt. Matt's good. Matt's one. Me. Okay, I get it now. Good hey, one. you don't know. Celebration. Anything could happen. Uh, no, in this case, so I'm looking at the actual announcement and I'm trying to figure out. So they talk about see, uh, Rebels has been renewed for season four. And then mm-hmm. they say the gifted cast includes Freddie Prince Jr.'s Kanan, Vanessa Marshall's Hera, Steve Bloom as Zeb, uh, Tia Sakar as Sabine, Taylor Gray's Ezra, D. Bradley Baker's Captain Rex. Uh, David uh, oh, yellow. Um, Oloy, oh, yeah, that one as Agent Callus, <laughs> and then Forrest Whitaker as Saw Gerrera, Sam Witwer as Maul, Tom Baker as Bendu, and Lars Mikkelsen as Grand Admiral Thrawn. Does that mean all of those characters are returning for season four? Yes, that's what it sounds like to me, which means... That's how I read it. See, that more would be Thrawn, cool if it is. More also, Thrawn. More Saw. And Callus. Uh, and Callus. Well, well, I guess Callus is... Yeah. Unless, unless they're doing it to throw us all off. That's true. We, I mean, we've been wondering uh, what will happen to Callus. Well, that's why I'm. I originally read it as that's totally what's going to happen. But then I went back and was reading again. It says the show is currently in the midst of a thrilling third season, which has seen the introduction of threatening villain Grand Admiral Thrawn, a direct connection to Rogue One, a Star Wars story with an appearance by Saw Gerrera, and a legendary Maul on a journey with his ultimate revenge. And then it talks about the gifted cast. So maybe that's referring to the cast of season three, but not season four. I don't know. It's one of those it's, in which we'll have to wait and find out until season four. That's true. I mean, the uh, way it's worded, I guess, could go either way. Yep. Um, yeah, the way but, I'm looking at it is I'm looking at you, William, as soon as Celebration. Me? Yes, because you're the one at oh. Celebration. Oh, that's right. I you forgot. are. I feel I'm like lucky. You're I, needed, going. I know. Oh, yeah, I know. So, so lucky. No, I'm sad. Well, no. You, I miss you guys. No, William's going, but I'm not. So he's sad for that. No, Which, well, I'm not either. It's okay. William, <laughs> well, we, we knew agreed. You were going. You're going to wear a GoPro, and I'm just going to. You're going to stream it the entire time. That's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. And it, and we'll get you like a Bluetooth headset, and so I can just talk to you through your ear the entire time. Okay, no, wait, be, what about me? That won't be creepy. I'm sure. So Tom, I can't take I'll be in William's right ear, and you can be no. He can be in the left ear, and I'll be okay. the right ear. It'll be okay, fine. Which ones use like the evil one, and which ones use like the good one? You know, telling you what to do. Why not both? Good point. Anyway, yeah, we uh, gotta get to William, the episode. What episode are we watching? Talking about today? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, this is this is season uh, three, episode eighteen, entitled "Secret Cargo." It was written by Matt Miktovitz and directed by Bosco Ng. And uh, this episode, when a routine refueling mission goes wrong, the ghost crew find themselves transporting an important rebel leader across the galaxy pursued by Imperial warships. I don't remember reading the important rebel leader part in the synopsis. Uh, I thought they just said an important cargo. Uh, maybe maybe the, the synopsis changed the thing. Um, I have to go back and look. But so, so anyway, I, I wasn't, to be totally honest, I was not expecting a whole lot of this episode going in. Not, not that... I wasn't. I was thinking it'd be a bad episode, just that mm. it would be like a, um, you one it was of those things be a like you, no, not no, not not filler, just like you know building blocks, right? They're 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 adding on, but it's not gonna be a uh, not gonna be a big galaxy changing event in the episode necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you uh, weren't expecting 
the Rebel Alliance to form in this episode is what you're saying. Spoilers? No. Yeah, uh, exactly. I was not expecting the formation of the Rebel Alliance. I didn't Alliance. say it happened. You just said it happened. I just was <laughs> like mentioning a thing that could happen. Way Darn to it, go, you William. Me into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fun episode, people. So hold on to your hats. <laughs> Uh, but no, so so I mean, Matt, what did what did you think of the episode? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, head, okay, you know, we were we were talking before the show, and I mentioned that when you hear the term "Star Wars Rebels" for the name of a show before it even began, I think this is the kind of episode that you expected to get from a show with that title, mm-hmm. and absolutely. I think that this is absolutely the kind of thing that. We have all been waiting for Star Wars Rebels to do, which is to build the mythology of the Rebellion and the Rebellion as we kind of knew it from Star Wars and, of course, now Rogue One, which we have another thing to build towards. And so the fact that this gives us such a huge stepping point towards that, I mean, we get references here uh, to things that we heard about in Star Wars way back, you know, in the day that we had a planet we've never even been to except on a video game, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, this is exactly what we want. And so, I mean, geez, I guess I could rate it now, but, you know, it's it's, this is like one of the best (laughs) episodes. You got to wait until at least the end. Yeah. You know, you got to let the Womp Rats live a little. Okay. Hey, again, you're you're assuming my womp rants are gonna live. I mean, what if my womp rants are hanging out with Gold Leader? I mean, come on, guys. Oh, point. Very good point. Oh man, this is gonna uh, be a fun episode, guys. Like I said, hang on to your hats and glasses because this here could be a wild podcast in the wilderness. And well, but, but I mean, you're right, Matt. They've been building up on the. They've been building, putting the the building blocks together for the show. Right. We first we get the forma- we get the this the, the crew of the ghost and, and Phoenix Squadron and they start to we see them start to connect with other rebel cells around the galaxy and then you know they start to recruit more resources and they get these ships and weapons and they've been laying all these you know these building blocks over the last you know two and a half almost three seasons and now we're getting to the point where not only have they laid all these building blocks and they're kind of tying up these loose ends from the Clone Wars and introducing a bunch of other fun things as well, um, but now we're actually starting to, to to really see the formation of the Rebel Alliance, and and that's what I uh, I, I really enjoyed about this episode. What was interesting though is it it started off um, again kind of unsuspecting, right? Uh, the ghost is hiding in deep space attached to some sort of debris it looks like um or asteroid it looked like it was debris from like yeah. a clone wars battle it was because you could see the separatist symbol on one of the ships yep. oh right nice nice catch and i'm trying to think like do we know exactly i don't think we know where they were in the i don't galaxy, think it was ever right? said in the episode yeah so i'd be very curious where where they are but so the ghost is hiding in deep space waiting for these to, to meet with these rebels and all we know is that bail organa has asked them to help refuel a ship carrying some very important cargo so you know the rebels are on board and they see this message from mon mothma of all people basically uh denouncing the empire emperor for ordering the brutal attacks on the people of gornan and 
she starts calling him nothing more than a lying executioner imposing his tyranny under the pretense of security and saying they can't can't stand like these are things that you know it's quite the scathing a, review mm-hmm. yeah as a, as a senator you would not normally say right um and and she must know full well that the emperor is going to come after her if she says this um so I mean, w- w- were, you, were you surprised to see mon mothman just come out and, and say this so soon well, it seemed like she had nothing to lose, so why not? You know, she she yeah, was thought... totally against the Empire. Just, she came out and said it. Yeah, the timing seemed actually about right to me. We're a, yeah. a few yeah. years out from episode... Uh, epi- sorry, from episode... From Rogue mm-hmm. One, and episode four, I guess, but... Um, That's kind of weird so that... to say now, huh, right? If we're yeah. Few, it's from Rogue One, not... not <laughs> episode four is no longer that... Um, I guess that... Uh, defining moment I mean, it still is but it's it rogue one is where we start to see those events uh come together um but i mean I, well, and I, I think I, it makes know. sense too william uh you know because when you think about it you get the feeling from rogue one and from star wars that the alliance has been together for at least a little while um they don't necessarily always pull together as big as they have on Yavin, but you do get the sense that they have been working much more closely together uh, for a while. So it it feels like as we move into that wonderful season four that we talked about at the beginning, um, you know, this is kind of the right time to to really blow the show wide open. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we're really it's time to get bigger. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And that's what they're what they're finally doing. Um, and so it, it was cool to see that. And we do know that Mon Mothma is more of the, the, she obviously started off as a Senator, but she's kind of more of the, the military face in many ways now. Um, whereas Bail Argana and Leia are still working within the Senate under the, the pretense that they're, you know, still part of that, uh, still, still on the emperor's side in many ways, trying to work from within. <clears throat> the thing I found fascinating was that the, the HNN was even broadcasting her remarks because it looked like they were just playing. I think that was uh, the wasn't that hollow journalist Alton Castle. Um, Had we seen him before? Yeah, he was in uh, a previous one of the pre- couple previous episodes as well. Interesting. Um, I, this is the first I've I remember seeing him. I'm yeah. sure. Well, Alton Castle's been in the previous. I'm pretty sure that's Alton Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was listed in the credits, and he, Alton wasn't in the, in any other part of the episode. So I'm almost positive that was him. Um, yeah, it was interesting though that, that HNN was even broadcasting the full text of Mon Mothma's speech if uh, HNN is you know basically being run by the emperor. Um, but uh, he was know. taking a nap then. You know, <laughs> that, one just, that one squeaked by. You know, the, just let that one in. As bad as it sounds, he was doing robot chicken at the time. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. What? Yeah. What played on the HNN? <laughs> what? I missed it. Dang it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, um, also apparently, <laughs> uh, although I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe HNN isn't, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of gone downhill a little bit. Also, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, that was a terrible, uh, I tried to make it. A, a, well, maybe, yeah. I mean, I, I, you ask an interesting question and it's something that, um, I was wondering too, like, uh-huh. is this a place where, you know, so we read in Catalyst and other places where we see that the Empire is covering things up, 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they do it in Rogue One with the Death Star. There's no Death Star. So they are very good at, you know, whitewashing or spinning, you know, uh, whatever they want. But right. this is does seem specifically to be a place where that didn't happen. And so is there is there a reason for that? Yeah. You know, and that's I, and that's what I would love to know, right? Cuz I I don't think the emperor would I I I'm almost positive I remember reading like the that the empire was, you know, obviously tightly controlling the messaging, right? Well, uh, do you think it do you think at this point the reason why they let her speak is so she could be discredited and at least they have somebody from the rebel alliance outed as the mm -hmm. leader. So it gives them you know, it gives the empire a focal point to say, look, here's the issue here. We're going to go solve it. That type of thing. Yeah, that, that that certainly could be it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, also, I guess one other fascinating part of um, Alton Castle's talk is that uh, I guess we get the first official pronunciation of Chandrilla, or I always thought it was Chandrilla, but it's actually Chandrilla. Did you guys notice that? No, uh, and that bothers me. No, that, as <laughs> as pronunciation usually does in Star Wars, <laughs> unless this is one of those like Lando saying Han instead of Han type of thing. I'm so. gonna go with that. That makes me feel better. <laughs> Chandra, ah. this is the chance to shave Chandra. <laughs> Half a dozen one um, or another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so suddenly out of nowhere, a ship looking. Um, pretty much like an escape pod comes up, uh, appears in space and it immediately opens up, which I thought was a little odd that just immediately opened up and revealed an infiltrated droid. These are the guys that we last saw in warhead with the, um, well, the, the, the warheads inside of them, <laughs> and, which I found fascinating. Uh, that, that was one of the most fascinating model designs I ever saw to where you originally saw that inside a capsule, come out basically a door and come out a step. In this case, it's at the front of the capsule and it opens up like a, a, a petal of a flower. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting there basically because he's a robot or a droid in the vacuum of space. That I thought was pretty cool. Never yeah. saw something like that before. Yeah, very, very imposing and, and, yep. and threatening. And, uh, you know, it starts, they, they obviously don't want to let it spot them. So <clears throat> they power down the ghost and all the droids and, uh, and then try to get in a position to take it out, but it the the war the infiltrator droid escapes their blast, and so this you know immediately they they start pursuing the droid, and so they have very suspenseful and kind of a creepy vibe to to the whole scene, which is very much in contrast to the rest of the episode. It almost mm. felt like there was two different parts, right? There was the whole infiltrator droid part, which honestly, aside from. Aside from the fact that it gave the Empire an idea of where they were, probably, like, you you almost could have cut that whole that It whole felt scene. very weird to me as well, seeing an infiltrator droid, like, looking out of a window, basically, to scan. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you need, like, I don't know. It just, that, it felt weird to me. Okay, but to a certain very, point. Very, very weird. To a certain point, it did add tension to that so, scene. Oh, certainly. Yeah, and it also added, you know... They needed to be discovered so they can have basically the chase of there's a secret cargo, here comes the Empire. So it set up a few things. I mean, it may have felt a little out of place, but it, it worked for me because it set up everything else going forward. So, 
Yeah, and again, it wasn't wasn't bad. I, I liked the scene overall, but it did feel very disconnected from the rest of the episode. Like they could have just had the Empire, I don't know, randomly stumble upon them, or you know, oh, they had a we we ran across one of their beacons, and they're here. You know, like they 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 could have done I, it. And well, maybe mm-hmm. just, I would have uh, liked to have seen it with a probe droid instead of an infiltrator droid. Yeah, what if what if? Uh, no, you know, good point. Well, we know that. Thrawn loves these infiltrator droids. They're they're kind of like his thing. Uh, and maybe he taught Anakin that that deal about how to send out uh, probe droids looking for, you know, maybe this mm. is where uh, Darth Vader got the idea. Possible. Like it. I'm just like I'm it. just trying <clears throat> to tie it together. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> but I I I I kind of liked the idea that Thrawn is actively looking for these rebels it mm-hmm. seemed like and he is sending out specific droids to specific areas because it, like he was looking at that map when they get back to that office and they're talking and it seems like he's been sending them out based on where he thinks that they're hiding mm-hmm. and where they've been and so it just would make it makes sense to me that that Thrawn is doing something like this. Um, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it being the infiltrator droid um, instead of like a probe droid. I it just, I, we, we'd we seen that model before and I figured they were like, well, we'll just use this model that right. that way we don't have to build something else. I think that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, um, one thing I really like though, is they, they take out the probe droid and then all of a sudden, the some rebel ships appear out of hyperspace, and it's Gold Squadron, which that was pretty cool. Yeah, to, to be totally honest, like you know, I I never was particularly interested in Gold Squadron previously. I didn't like dislike them, but I mean, Luke was part of Red Squadron, so that that was the cool one. Gold Squadron, they they flew the Y wings. Yeah, that's they're the all big great, thing. but like mm-hmm. they flew Y wings. Y wings are old and they're slow mm-hmm. and they look stupid and but. I'm with Whoa. you. Tell us oh, how you're come on. Um, hey, come on. we got one of my favorite I, ships in this episode, so I'm allowed I don't, to say. I don't. I mean, talk. I mean, wow, a Y-wing hater. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to apologize to all the ships. Y-wing lovers out there. Um, you're still <laughs> yes, wanted here. I was gonna say yes, all four of you. It's okay. Whoa! I've okay, never no, I don't like Y wings. So I think they're kind of cool. I, I like the Y wings too. No, I like them better with the armor I, on from from the Clone Wars. But it's still uh, a classic ship. It is a classic ship. I love the Y wing. It's just no X wing or A wing or B wing or Tie Fighter or Tie Interceptor or Tie Defender. Or... Okay. Well, and, you know, okay, that's just... a good question. Are we going to get like X wings now in in season four with the building up? Like that was a question I turned to my wife and asked. I guarantee it. Oh yeah, I would, there, I would not be surprised. That will be. It'll be a big, a big moment. Yeah. I expect. But the, the the reason why I, I I bring up the Y wings not to to hate on them, but just to say that the 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 y, Gold Squadron, particularly the the pilots of Gold Squadron, I never really felt an attachment to. Mm-hmm. But then, and I think it was the more the nostalgia factor or something when they brought back uh, when they f- used the old footage of Red and Gold Leader in Rogue One. I thought that that's like still one of my favorite moments of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Just because it's so cool to see these classic characters return and sound exactly the same, right? In, in Rogue One as they were in A New Hope, and you get to see them; they, they look and feel the same. And you know, the 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 crew did such a fantastic job, yeah, uh, inserting them in there. And so when 
gold leader himself, Captain John Dutch Vander, appears in was, the ghost in this episode. Was he gold leader in episode four as well? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dutch, Dutch Vander. Okay. And I was like, I just got so excited. I'm like, it's gold leader. <laughs> I, I was fist pumping. I was like one, super excited. Me too. But prior to Rogue One, I wouldn't, couldn't have like cared less. <laughs> so but for some I'll reason. <laughs> this episode, what bothers me most about this episode is the fact that it was not the Rogue One tie-in episode. Really? Mm. And uh, this, in so many ways, I think this would have been a fantastic Rogue mm-hmm. One episode. Mm-hmm. It has Mothma setting up the Rebel well, Alliance. True. It's got Very exactly, true. yeah. And it, I, so I'm jumping ahead. Uh, obviously, this it set we set up the Rebel Alliance, but the big thing is part of Rogue One. There's a little bit of drama around this idea that there we know there are different cells of the rebellion, and they don't all mm-hmm. agree with each other. And so showing them coming, the beginning of them coming together, and then imagine it's like you see like oh the Rebel Alliance has come together. This is so cool. And then you're you, you immediately follow that with the actual movie. Where it's like, oh, now that like they've come together, but they're still not, you know, they're not quite where we see them in episode four or right. in episode five. It is, I, right. I feel like it would have been a nice touch to have this little bit of information mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, that makes sense. I, I do think it's probably a, a closer connection than Saw Gerrera, but uh, that's first certainly you know, true i mean yeah, yeah sagar is in the film right but it's i don't know i feel like it the to your point there there's more of an impact on the rebellion as a whole yeah um the only thing that bothered me though about the inclusion of gold leader is that and i get why right but the, the gold leader in this case was played by yuri lowenthal mm-hmm. uh instead of angus mcginnis who made the character famous in new hope and Angus did come back and reprise his role in Rogue One and record some new dialogue. Oh. And so it felt weird to have an actor who sounds... I, didn't, I honestly didn't think Yuri sounded very much like Gold Leader, you know? Um, and and so it was a little... It's kind of too bad that they couldn't get Angus to, to voice him in Rebels as well. Mm-hmm. Even though, yes, he's, you know obviously 40 years older than he was in a new hope he was able to match his dialogue so well for rogue mm. one that i didn't notice that he had recorded it 40 years later <laughs> and so i kind of wish i kind of wish they'd had angus mcginnis come back and, and voice him in this one that's the one thing like he has such a distinctive voice you know this is gold leader right uh and it didn't sound anything like that in this episode so that's the one complaint i had did you guys know? I guess uh, I didn't no notice. I didn't notice either. <laughs> I I did notice, but I wasn't expecting them to have him back. Mm. I, just because I'm I'm sure you know. I feel like he probably and I think with Rogue One, he only recorded like a couple of like literally a couple of lines for them. Yeah, yeah, no, it was very know, short. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it's it's a little bit easier to be able to mimic your voice with just a few words. Uh, I think, you know, maybe if we had had the full dialogue here, we might have been a little taken aback because he would have just sounded older because it it gets hard to mask that the longer you talk. So, um, you know, you know, I I, I thought it was I think I was just at this point like you were too, William. I was just so excited that Gold Leader was here and and that we were again, we were really 
getting all of these connections and and things really seem to be wrapping up and with the you know the season four news this episode just got better and better to me because it, it's mm-hmm. given me so much hope for where the show can go now and and so gold leader is just a small part of that uh, on top of you know mon mothma being here and everything that happens i mean it's just wow it it kind of i don't know it kind of blows your mind when when you think about it mm-hmm. yeah well, it's, yep. it's fulfilling that promise we hoped for when Rebels was first announced. Like, you know, this this show is about the foundation of the Rebellion. And we started small, and each season has successively brought us into a bigger and bigger part of that picture. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool to be like, hey, like, not only is the Rebel Alliance together, but, like, some of those characters we we know from Episode 4 and from Rogue One, they're there. Yeah, like, they're yeah. part of it. And they're not just part of it, but like they may be part of the show going forward as a whole. Mm-hmm. Which, which I love. I mean, you're getting Wedge, you're getting Gold Leader, you're getting mm-hmm. all these different pieces, Mon Mothma and, you know, Bail Organa and uh, the, the foundations of the Re- Rebellion. All these things are starting to come together. And, and Tantooine. <laughs> yeah. Tantooine. Uh, that did yes. occur to me as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that they, this episode also helped reinforce was the kind of the uneasy relationship between the different rebel cells, right? And there was, we saw some of this in rogue one as well, where some, I mean a lot, right? Especially when they're, when they're trying to decide whether to uh, attack Scarif, the, the rebels are not in agreement, right? They're not all under one banner yet. And even though they might gather together at times, they're not, um, they're not speaking with one voice and, and and that sort of thing. And so right away, uh, you know, uh, gold leader and this new character, this a senatorial attache, Erskine Semaj, played by Josh Brenner. Uh, you know, they 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 walk into the ship and they basically tell the ghost, "You're gonna refuel us, but we can't tell you what we're transporting. You don't have high enough clearance." And then as the episode goes on, we actually find out that gold leader and Phoenix Squadron don't, sorry, Gold Squadron and Phoenix Squadron don't really get along either. Um, they. Gold Squadron claims that Phoenix is basically making their jobs harder mm-hmm. uh, with everything that they've done, and kind of they actually sparks this whole argument. Well, it, you could say it's almost competition or debate or jealousy or I don't I know mean, if it was yes, competition. Like, I, it felt like they were like, "Well, you shouldn't have gone after that probe droid. Now you put us all in danger. All mm-hmm. your other missions are just making our lives harder on the galaxy." Well, it, it seems like they took particular uh, affront to what happened on Lothal. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that, that was, in many ways, the beginning of the rebellion. And as a result, it it drew attention to a lot of people as well. Well, attention that they really didn't want, probably at that time. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I think that uh, it's one of the hard parts of, of this whole thing, you know, when you're you're not a cohesive unit, you're, you're not even talking to each other. You don't even know the other as it exists, especially when we start, you know, this, the series Rebels, like, mm-hmm. you know, none of these cells even really knows that another one exists. You know, it's just this tiny spark on a backwater planet that we'd never heard of before. So uh, it, it makes sense that the actions of different cells are going to affect the other in ways that they don't expect because they're not all speaking with one voice uh, and uh, they might not even know, you know, the others there. So Mm -hmm. uh, 
I I I thought it was interesting. You know, I it obviously builds in to what we see in Rogue One with you know Saw Gerrera's group, but I felt like this part felt a little bit forced to me, mm, okay. and and it mm. was just because of. The, I mean, how can you really be angry at them? They're fighting the Empire, <laughs> and so they made it harder for you. Well, of course, it, any action against the Empire is going to make it. They're going to start to crack down. So it doesn't really, you know, it, it seemed a little bit like, I, it's like they were talking without thinking it through what they were actually mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, duh. Uh, so I, I, it, it, it seemed like they wanted that kind of connection with Rogue One, but I don't. Uh, know if this was necessarily the best way to have it um, because there were enough connections as it is. I don't know if you, you necessarily needed to to do this one because we already have that with Saul. So, um, but right. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if you, if you guys felt like that at all, but it just kind of came off. That was the part that felt just a little bit like you're trying a little bit too hard here, guys. I agree with you. Yeah, I felt it's a little bit forced just because, yeah, I mean, for everything, all the reasons you said, I don't need to go back and repeat them all, but <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> Plus one. <laughs> um, but anyway, suddenly uh, Imperial ships appear out of hyperspace because that that um, infiltrator droid yeah, did send its, uh, its location and attack the ships. Gold 2, uh, played by uh, Mary Elizabeth McClynn, is uh, uh, is uh, is injured. Uh, also, the other the other gold squadron pilots are Phil Lamar returning. Uh, you remember him as uh, Kit Fisto, mm-hmm. um, oh, and cool. and others in the Clone Wars, and D. Bradley Baker as well as as Gold Three and Bonnie Wilde as, as Gold Five. Uh, so a few returning names in there. Uh, but Gold Two is injured in a blast, and and surprisingly, Gold Leader actually lets Ezra take his take her place uh, in the squadron of Y wings. And so we get to see Ezra pilot a Y-wing for the first time. It's no X-wing, oh. Steven. I uh, know. It's okay. I'll say I really I love seeing the classic episode four uniforms and helmets as well. Mm-hmm. It was a real just it it felt right. <laughs> All I could think of was what what is this button? Is this the one that you you have to press to get your mommy to come pick you up? Because that's 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 what those look like. I mean, just I, what do all those buttons do on their chest? It's, it's very complicated. I, I, they wouldn't expect you to understand. Okay, <laughs> probably not. I mean, uh, you know, too complicated because because Y wings are too cool. But um, yeah, it was just I, I, I. That's what I always think when I see all those buttons on their chest. Don't, that and Darth Vader is is the you know. Watch out, Matt! You're gonna start a dog. fight with Steven about who, which one's cooler, the X wing or yeah. the Y wing? Oh no, there's no there's no competition in that. Anyway, before we get sidetracked deep deep down that uh, that hole. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, but the the ghost quickly jettisons the fuel pod, so there went there went their refueling uh, mission. And before, actually, if you notice, they I wonder how much of the fuel they actually got on the ship before the Empire attacked because they never really went back to it again. They just kind of jump out of hyperspace and or jump into hyperspace and kind of forget about the fuel. But, okay, but um, didn't the fuel didn't the fuel that was supposed to go? I know it went to the fighters, but I thought it was also supposed to go to the transport. And the transport they ended up losing because the transport was the one true. that brought in the cargo. Fair, fair enough. You think and I, that is 
You right. corrected and, me. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, because I, I always thought when they said they wanted to refuel, I always thought it was a transport. That, yes, that me too. And then I, I completely forgot the transport yeah. was blown up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, the oh, spoilers. Can, so, I, <laughs> can I go, wait? Can I go into my pet peeve for this entire episode? Do it. Okay. It wasn't the Y wing. It, it, no, the Y wings were fine. <laughs> I'm gonna I, make this into a meme. Stephen hates <laughs> Y wings. It's gonna be a recurring theme. Great. Um, <laughs> so one of the one thing that really bothered me in this episode is that they treat shields really, really inconsistently. So, no. like for example, the Star Destroyer, uh, the it's not really a Star Destroyer. The light cruisers show up and immediately shoot and bl- like decimate the uh, the transport, like. The back end of it's immediately blown open. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, we get, uh, you know, the TIE Defender shows up, which we'll talk about in more detail. But the TIE Defender shows up, and they shoot at it. And it's, <laughs> what? What did I do? In, no, go ahead. No, 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 continue. In contrast to the Y-Wing, this is one of right. the In contrast to the ships. Y-Wings, the cool, sleek, awesome TIE Defender shows up. And they shoot it a couple times, and the shields blocked it. And then there's just... They treat it like it is totally untouchable from the front because of the shields for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. And the Y-Wings obviously don't have shields because they get shot and immediately blow up. And I just it, this is something that's happened in a lot of Star Wars fiction where shields exist when they're convenient and not at all times. And it bothers me. Like, why? Or, for example, the two Star Destroyers at the very end, one shot... Or one, a few shots from the uh, Y-wings ion cans is enough to disable them, but like they can't shoot them because do the, like do they not have shields? Do the like I would expect larger ships have better shields, not uh-huh. as easy to you know attack and destroy, but that never quite well, seems to be the case. They didn't shoot the ships at the end. They shot well. That's true. The they nebula the, and the nebula. Uh, sorry, I'm thinking of when they uh, didn't they shoot the ion cannon at the uh, light cruiser. Yes, but the ion cannon okay. knocks out shields and right. and uh, uh, electronics. I mean, we saw that yep. in episode five. We saw that in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So, I well, mean, but in episode five, the one we saw was a ground-based system. Not, yeah, that's true. I'm still a little annoyed by the fact that Y wings, which also have shields, got blown up uh, as quickly as they did. But I'll I'll agree that maybe it wasn't quite as bad as I re- at first thought. And I wish the transport had survived a couple seconds longer. I but do I guess... think you're right, though, Stephen, in some respects, that shields in Star Wars are not as consistent as they could be and should be. I mean, it's one strength it... where it makes more sense in, like, a Star Trek setting where shields make more sense because they're more talked about and you kind of know how they work. In Star Wars, it's so nebulous how these things work and you know deflector shields and they have a bunch of different names for things but i don't really know what any of them do other yep. than what the script needs them to do so and i'll i'll in credit to the writers as well shows like star trek have an hour in which they can uh do stuff and so battle scenes usually last more than a couple minutes yeah uh in rebels which you know has to move fast because they've got 22 minutes i totally get that Spending time having ships trading fire so that one can be destroyed isn't always the mm-hmm. best use of time. Yeah, but sometimes you need that space battle. Well, you know, I it, mean, but this entire yeah, but, episode was one running space battle in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was, but I totally agree that, that, yes, they have to condense time in this because it is a 22-minute episode. Wish it was an hour, but sadly, that's not the case for this show. But of course, so 
getting back into where we were on the episode, though, the important yes. part is that uh, off of the transport ship, cloaked in smoke, comes the most evil of all people, Mon Mothma. <laughs> now, how I cool know. I think was you I don't know for the Empire, clearly. I, yeah. Well, so in my brain, I was, like, I was trying to make some analogy for, like, you know, like in uh, you know Rogue One, where Vader comes out of the airlock. In episode four, when Vader comes out of the airlock, Mon Mothma is the evil figure emerging but it doesn't quite work because it's Mon Mothma and who can hate Mon Mothma? Yeah. Well, nobody can. It's not like she's a Y-Wing. Oh. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway. You just compared my Mon Mothma to a Y-Wing, but it's going to go down. (laughs) I'm just saying, saying, one of these people and or ships was essential to the foundation of the rebellion Mm -hmm. and freeing the galaxy, and another is a Y-Wing. (laughs) <laughs> wow. wow! I, I thought Whoa. I thought Y wings wow, were Steven. essential to uh, I know, you know, starting and <laughs> defeating the Empire. But wow, Steven! Re- regardless, uh, you know, I love Mon Mothma and I love her her portrayal here in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I have I have words about her in the aftermath series where it's. Com- Complete yep. character assassination, but here she comes off as the Mon Mothma that I always suspected she was, which is awesome. Totally yeah. agree. No, mm-hmm. I, I I really enjoyed seeing Mon Mothma in this episode, and and Genevieve O'Reilly is perfect. Yes, yes, like oh, absolutely got her back. They couldn't get. Just, uh, yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> no, I just I I was just. Uh, Genevieve O'Reilly. I, what what more need can I say? It's just she's fantastic. The mm. other thing I really appreciated was Mon Mothma. When I'm gonna say last we saw her, which I I in this case I mean uh, episode three, not when we last saw her, but when the universe last saw her. Um, you know, we have the deleted scenes in episode three where it's a set of group of people who are trying to figure out the diplomatic way to. Uh, resist the empire. Mm-hmm. And I like that we have an episode that really is about Mon Moth making the jump from the senator to Mon Mothma, the leader of the rebellion. Yep. And it wasn't, it wasn't something I ever th- thought I needed, but it's really, really cool to have. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I, I just, I, I love what they're doing with Mon Mothma. And it's even the, the small little things like, you know, the, the, the rebel transport is, is damaged and quickly destroyed. So when they, when my Mothma boards the ghost, uh, she kind of, she's the one who actually detaches the ghost from the transport. And the way she detaches the, the ship was exactly like what they did in rogue one. Uh, where she like, you know, where she pulls down the, the lever, basically detaching the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the little, you know, detaching like the Tana four from the, uh, profundity. So it's like, it's little details like that, that I, I, I enjoy about this this film and, and using the ion cannons against the imperial cruiser was was really nice as well especially because hooray for ion cannons <laughs> hmm i think we have a podcast oh wait a minute sorry yeah Careful, ion Tom. cannons aren't as good as y wings oh. oh if that's the case why are they on y wing i don't know <laughs> I think what Matt's saying is that they're on Y wings, and so clearly, there's there there must be some use for that. As I don't know, no. So no there's something cool I love. is what I'm I saying. They're all cool. you know. What? I'll I'll give you a point for that, Matt. Well played. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Uh, 
they, okay. they do manage to, to escape the empire very, very quickly though. Yeah, they do. Um, and this is when we get the we get the uh, nice scene with Phoenix Squadron and uh, Gold Squadron and what's left of Gold Squadron and Mon Mothma, and we we know that apparently Mon Mothma already knows who Ezra is. Uh, she doesn't seem to know everyone else, but she knows who Ezra is. And everybody and knows who Ezra is. So He's word like of Ezra's now. exploits are, are well, spreading. Now wait a minute. Wait 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 wait. If you take it from the last episode, <clears throat> sorry, he walked into an Imperial cruiser thinking that nobody knows him because it's a big galaxy. Remember that. Yeah, that's but in the Rebellion, about. I think it's reasonable to say that people would know Ezra. Well, that's true, but yeah. if, but but then again, when you say everybody... Hera's talking to... him up in the in the Rebellion yeah. leadership. In the rebel so leadership. Ezra is like the cheers of Star Wars Galaxy. Good like point. everybody knows his name. <laughs> he, he walks right into any kind of ship. Ezra! They don't know his face, but they know his name. <laughs> that's right. They pour him a blue milk when he walks in. <laughs> oh, um, and, and this is when when Mon Mothma kind of tells us her plan. She says, we're in the process of building an alliance, uniting the various rebel cells across the galaxy. My challenge to the Emperor, Emperor was a call to stand against the Empire, and my hope is that all who answer it will see that they are not alone. So she's starting to kind of bring them together, right? We're seeing mm-hmm. the, the, the first pieces of this. The beginning, we see her... Uh, denounce the emperor now we see that she's starting to bring people together and then obviously the end as well and and she reveals her ultimate her mission is to get to dantooine where this rebel meeting will take place and she needs to get there undetected wow that it's name so sounds familiar cool too cool to see dantooine finally in like we've seen it in some of the games but this is the first time that uh we'll actually get to see dantooine well, I, I hope we actually get to see Dantooine and just, you know, instead of just like a half circle of a planet that looks kind of green. We see it from and, space. Yes. And, and, I, I, but but let's see Dantooine. Let's get down onto the planet like, let's say, Zeb's planet where, oh, my God, Zeb, we found your people. Hey, there's a planet. Oh, I think I'm going to stay with you guys. We didn't see anything of the planet. Let's actually see Dantooine. And what if it looked like the base that we see in KOTOR? What if it I looks would similar? Freak. That'd be amazing. Wouldn't that be just brilliant? Okay, does that mean I'm going to have to get back to playing KOTOR because I still have it on my iPad and I haven't You really should ask yeah, I, I need to finish it. I was just thinking about that the other day, Tom. I I, I lost my game that well, I was playing. I played it a few times, but mm. I, I lost my game on my iPad because I had to reset it for some things. Ooh. And I was so mad and because I, I was about halfway done. And so I'm like, I need to get back into playing that. After I saw Dantooine, I was like, I need to go back. It's, it's I need to find that. a cheat book. I was sorry. I, oh no, no. Oh come no, on, no. I need to find a cheat book. No, no, it's not, it's that, not bad. that bad. Okay. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, mean, I was, you can I get was them actually just talking free to a friend really about needing to go back. I'm gonna look. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So meanwhile, Admiral Constantine, which is voiced by D. Bradley Baker, and then Governor Price report to Grand Admiral Thrawn. Sorry, I'm trying to move us along here. <laughs> no, go for it. Well, that was uh, my move along. Move along. So, so, uh, so we, we get a, a bit of Thrawn in this episode, right? And it's mostly him deducing that if Mon Mothma's uh, ship was attacked, she must have gotten on the, the rebel transport in this case. Uh, she must have been on that transport. Mm-hmm. And that clearly uh, Hera must be trying to smuggle her out of the system through the hardest and most unlikely route possible the Archeon Pass, which is apparently a favorite of Outer Rim smugglers. And, and uh, capital ships cannot fly through the Archeon Pass. 
So it's a, and it's highly dangerous. So that of course is the, the route Hera is going to want to take. And so he decides to have price who, who's begging to go after Mon Mothma uh, to have price and Admiral Constantine set up uh, on the other side of the nebula so that uh, when they when they when they exit the nebula, their their ships will be right there and ready to, to trap them. Meanwhile, Thrawn is going to send his best quote unquote best pilot, uh, who we'll talk about in just a minute, uh, to pursue them through the nebula uh, and kind of push them out the other side. Okay, I'm I am going to show my age here. Boy, am I going to show my age. Any of you guys remember? No, you probably don't. The original <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Yes. They. Oh, somebody does? Okay. I've seen it, yeah. Okay, do you remember the episode in which they had to put the Vipers out in front of the fleet so they could go through a, let's say, nebula, and the Vipers had to be completely enclosed, and the Galactica had to guide the Vipers to destroy the mines that are inside? The way that nebula looked reminded me exactly of that episode. Except in this case, the Star Destroyers couldn't go in there, but the smaller ships could. And it was still a thing to where, and if I also remember correct within the Battlestar Galactica series, the nebula also was hot to where at a certain point when they were getting inside the nebula or when they were getting out, you could see that it was slowly starting to melt the covers on the, 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 um, the, the cockpits. So I, I'm sitting there going, this is great. This is great. This is great. Where have I seen this before? Where have I seen this before? But I still love it because this is Star Wars. They took the idea from here and put it over here. So uh, I, I loved it. It was a great. It, it was it's great. It's so funny you mentioned that because to me it was like uh, Star Trek with uh, oh. Deep Space Nine and the Badlands. <laughs> See, I didn't uh, watch Deep Space uh, Nine. And I'm then in the middle also, watching it now again, actually. But anyway. And then <laughs> not on, on top of that, it was also much like the Mutara Nebula in Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Okay, got uh, it, got it, got it, got and it. So, that one. Uh, uh, those two things, it was like they put those two things together along with that uh, Clone Wars nebula that they went through, and I was just looking for space whales, and I was disappointed that they weren't there because <laughs> I oh, wanted more space whales. Good point. Very nice. So, yeah, it's like all three of those had a baby. And, yeah. You know. But it was cool. It's it's not, it, it, it was really cool. Yeah, it was, uh, it was beautiful, too. Yeah. The animation was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh no! This, was... this episode has some visually stunning moments. Oh yeah. Are so William? I know you. I know your answer to this. Are any of you uh, Mass Effect fans? The game. I've never played. I'm Two sorry. Weeks. Okay. I, I think I they had so... a version on the iPad that I played a uh, while back. They, they might have. Anyway, yeah, but it so wasn't anything as William alluded, there's a game coming out in two weeks, which is the next game in the series, and they're. Their classic shot that they go and every trailer with right now is it's not a nebula. It's, it's more purplish of some kind, but it looks the same. Mm. And it's the main ship in the game kind of soaring out of the nebula as the uh, cred, uh, title appears. And the shot of the ghost sailing out of the nebula was almost like shot for shot distance exactly the same. Mm. And it's such huh. a beautiful shot. I love to see it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't notice that. Now I need to go back and compare. You're, you clearly it's, studied the trailers it's more r- than I have. But <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, it's... interesting. Very, very cool though. No, it, it was it was visually really impressive, and uh, I guess you know in, in this nebula we have we have you know stars forming, and, and and so as Phoenix and Gold Squadron appear, we get these really cool design, right? There's, there's some great effects, 
and suddenly Thrawn's forces appear on the other side. And what did they launch? Steven's favorite ship? The Tide Defender. There you go. Piloted by none other than Commander Volt Scaris, who last appeared in the Antilles extraction. Uh, He is back. Uh, Volt Scaris is back and uh, angrier than ever. And so uh, he immediately pursues uh, he scares and a, a few ties immediately pursue the ghosts and white wings into the nebula and there's a, another fairly tense moment where the the ghost is trying to get as close to the nebula as possible without uh destroying their their ships right mm-hmm. um and and we see the ties slowly get taken out one by one uh, and and gold squadron as well until only scaris ezra gold leader uh, and the ghost are remaining. It was it was gorgeous. I mean, the, mm-hmm. and and I really loved uh, the idea of using the weaknesses of you know the smaller ships that aren't made as sturdily. Mm-hmm. Is that even a word? Uh, no, it's close uh, enough. Okay, it's close enough for podcasting. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> We're making it up. Um, Why not? As we go, it, there we go. Uh, but no, it just it really was great to see using the weakness of a ship like uh, Tie, just uh, Tie Defender, or uh, you know, just a normal Tie Fighter. That they're they're just not made like a freighter is, you know, mm-hmm. and that they're gonna not be able to withstand something like this. And I just I thought that that was the ties really don't cool. also have shields. Um, I really enjoyed, <laughs> you know, getting to see that. And so, uh, yeah, it was it was I I mean I I just I'm really impressed uh with the thought process behind everything. Uh, and I really I really liked what they did. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, we also got, uh, you know, while they're they're giving us callbacks to the films, uh, I liked how they said, uh, you know, there's one line, Gold Leader, stay tight. We're, we're going close to that forming star, star. Put all power in your forward deflector screens, which mm-hmm. immediately reminded of, me of, you know, Gold Leader's line in A New Hope. Switch all power to front deflector screens. <laughs> well, I don't know if you noticed, he also had a line about staying on target, too. Oh, yes. did he? How yeah. did I miss that? Oh, oh man, that one. That 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 should have been an obvious one. Yeah, no, it, no, it was uh, it was Hera. She says, was "Stay it, on oh, target." Hera. Oh, it was Hera. And okay. I was like, "Okay, yeah, it was fantastic." Though I was like, <laughs> "Close enough." Hera gave her the idea. So exactly, I'm just imagining exactly. Gold Leader in in, in in a New Hope going, "You know what? Stay on target." I like that. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good word. Uh, good phrase. I'll use that in the future. <laughs> Very stay funny. on target. Stay on target. Well, also, also you had Ezra being as cocky as he was. He kind of, yeah. kind of played off of the line "best pilot around," not so much best pilot in the galaxy, but you know because it was like, hey, he can handle handle the Y wing because he was taught by the best pilot around. Meaning, so nudge, Hera. nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah which was which for was now. Cool. Hey, yeah. give Wedge a couple of years and he'll be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Wedge Han Antilles, yeah, until Han comes along. Fantastic X wing pilot. You know. So I mean, there's a lot of good. Yeah, out I there. I want to see more of Wedge because they introduced him, and we haven't really seen him since. And to be totally honest, and we'll, we'll get into our you know our review of uh, Aftermath is coming up next week. Uh, Aftermath Empire's End. 
Um, but I've, Wedge has not been as cool in the new canon right now as as he used to be. Uh, and so a lot of people haven't been as cool. Well, let's just I be honest. That far, but I, I, I can't let's, wait. Uh, let's be honest. I want to, I want to uh, get more of, uh, well, we haven't seen that much of wedge. Right. And so I want, I want to get more of wedge, uh, in, in this show. And I think he, that would be he's a lot more of, of a lover than a fighter in the new canon. So that's, wow. uh, unfortunately wow. true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry. That did not mean to tangent us into Empire's no, that's, End. No, that's okay. I haven't. I don't think I've gotten that far yet about the the. You know. So hey, so anyway, I, we're gonna review it next week. I enjoyed it. Not perfect. I enjoyed it. We'll go into more details next week. Um, <sighs> but uh, the one thing I did really like was the the effect that as they get closer to the forming star in the nebula the ships actually start smoking and peeling mm-hmm. back, revealing the inner circuitry. And that actually was really cool. That was a was very good so thought process. Well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, they, they put thought into this. How, how are the ships going to react within this nebula, within all this heat? And, and to see that happen and to see also, you, you see really good animation of smoke coming off of the ships mm-hmm. as well. So they really put a thought process into this. It was great. Yeah, and, and it gets so bad that Scaris has to actually pull away before his TIE Defender burns up uh, and basically letting the ghost uh, go while Ezra and Gold Leader stay behind in the nebula. And it's not, I think they're, they stay behind, I think they want to distract Scaris. Is that, is that right? Or, or try to... Uh, oh, can't right offhand. Well, they, they peel off to, I think, force him to pick a target. And it has right. the effect of distracting him temporarily as well. Yeah, because uh, he does end up leaving, but they they stay in the nebula a bit longer. Um, but the, the ghost is quickly out of power, and so Chopper has to to, to switch on a, their their emergency power. Um, but that's when that's when Moth, Mon Mothma surprisingly now I think clearly uh, she's 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 faking this right. She she does not. She's not intense. She's not actually surrendering, but she. She's not she, pulling a Jar Jar. Might give up. Oh. Might give what? up. Okay, look at it I this would way. Say, she's uh-huh. she's being diplomatic here. I would okay, say she's, she's actually pulling a, a Sloan. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, oh, good one. But, but she good she one. agrees to uh, to prices uh, to prices demands uh, just just so they can recharge the hyperdrive. And actually, one one moment that I think is important that we didn't mention earlier in the episode was a chat between Mon Mothma and Hera in the cockpit of the ghost. And this is right before they went into the, the nebula Mm -hmm. where Mon Mothma actually tells Hera, she's like talking about a lot of her motivations. And uh, I think um, Matt, we were talking about this before the show as well Mm -hmm. uh, about how in, in this episode, it really shows that she's willing to do whatever it takes to win. And and she knows that, yeah, yeah, you know, she can't win politically. She and she's she's realizing this, right? She she wants to to win politically, but she can't. She and she she's realizing that in order to preserve, uh, to preserve freedom in the Senate, she's actually gonna have to, uh, to to, to do whatever it takes and and fight. She can't win in a political arena. And, well, and and I think what was great about this episode, and it does something that I don't know if we ever imagined we'd see in Star Wars in the first place. But it was seeing the moment and the the person who forms the rebel alliance, like brings them all together. And that Mon Mothma, not Bell Organa, but it's Mon Mothma who has the cojones mm-hmm. to say, 
Emperor, you suck. I'm leaving, and we're coming after you. Basically, like that's <laughs> that's what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 so it 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 just shows you how important this character is. Uh, again, it makes my anger for her later on in certain books. But anyway, here she is just so brilliant in everything that I hoped that she would be and and suspected that she was to be this character that we kind of saw, you know, for a few minutes in uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, this this is what we expect, you know. Right. Um, so I, I, I was I loved that conversation between her and Hera. I thought it was really well done. So am I picking up a vibe? There's something within these Emperor Ends thing that when it comes to the treatment of Mon Mothma, that's just not working oh, no, for it's, you? It's in uh, the second book. Yeah. yeah, it's it's all well, it's it, all throughout life debt. Yeah, I mean, I, all of those books treat her like she is this weakling who thank doesn't you. understand that they're still at war. Oh, and 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 thank you because I no, I picked up on that because I've gotten to a certain point within the book where it's like I kind of agree with you on this respect now because it basically what you're seeing on screen did not translate to books. But anyway, <laughs> but, but sorry. Weird he, we're here to review Rebels. We'll 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 And that's why I said that. I know we'll we'll get back to <laughs> exactly, that coming soon. Exactly. Yeah. But uh but in the nebula, Scarus attacks Ezra and Gold Leader again. Ezra manages to trick Scarus into following him, and we get a, a cool shot where, where Gold Leader actually hits Scarus with an ion cannon and force him to go spinning off in okay, so the here, nebula. And here's a good question. Do you think he survived? Because all Steven, you do is you see as, him as your uh as a you resident, see disappear. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. And just because they should he survive? No, you're tumbling uncontrolled in an <clears throat> ebula that we've established is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. But they obviously intended for him to survive and come back later. He's pulling a Vader in a New Hope. Exactly. Oh, good point. I like that. <laughs> very, very, exactly. very good. Yeah, I know. I'm almost positive he'll be back because because they're not going to kill off Voltscaris that easily. And the type of defender, you didn't see a body on screen. You know he's going to come back. That's a good point. That was a very good point. And if you do see a body on screen, sometimes they still come back. That's (laughs) true. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, you can only see half a body and they come back. You know, exactly. It's great. That's one of the wonderful things about Star Wars. You know, you can you can be half a person. Still come back. So. <laughs> we need wow. to test the limits of, of this, right? Can you be a quarter of a person? Uh, Can and, your finger bring you back? <laughs> you know what? Let's talk to the Womp Rats. Oh, as, as the Womp Rats know, they can yeah. come back over and over and over for, <laughs> uh, what, almost nine years? Nine, so, almost. Yeah. So, But here's here's something I thought was really cool, okay, to, to get back into uh-huh. the episode. When Ezra and Gold Leader exited the nebula, I liked how they were able to use the the proton torpedoes at the nebula to have the nebula work in their favor. So they were going through this nebula and the nebula was basically working against them with the Empire basically chasing them. But in this case, they used that to their advantage because if you hit it just right, there were like these geysers that were coming out and they actually were going after the Star Destroyers. And and they they timed it right because they were right there next to the star destroyer, so they were doing damage to the star destroyers, which I thought was pretty cool, and and very yeah. creative. The the one thing I was I was wondering was like, how did they target it so well at the star destroyers, and or how did they not blow up? Blind when... luck in the force. 
How else? <laughs> yeah, it but it was a cool little... effect. It was a, yeah. Yeah. yet another cool effect. And I like the idea, you know, that, uh, you know, as you always say, Tom, they, they mentioned the thing about the proton torpedoes earlier. Don't shoot them in the nebula because it'll cause yep. an explosion. And, of course, then they realize, ah, let's fire those proton torpedoes and cause that explosion. And you know and... what's great is this is straight from Deep Space Nine as well. There is an episode in Deep Space Nine where they use a sun and they uh, explode torpedoes at the sun, which causes a sunspot to form and blow up a shipyard from the Dominion. Huh. Okay. And, I was going to uh, say, I don't, I'm, I'm in season five, I think, or six yeah, of Rewatch. Spoiler alert. This is, no. spoiler this is, alert. The, I think the Statue of Limitations is over seven. that one. season seven. Okay. <laughs> so, I've watched um, it before. It's just been a long time since I've yeah, seen it. But so. I just I think that's fascinating to me that this th- that that idea uh, that I'd seen it before, but I love that the, them using it because mm. it's it's such a a rebel tactic. You know, you use what, anything you can to your advantage. Yep. And the Empire just doesn't even think like this. Uh, so yep. I, th- I think that's what makes it so cool. I mean, and and the effect of it hitting the star destroyers mm-hmm. was brilliant. And the I star mean, destroyers great in animation. flames. Yeah. Right. Yes. <clears throat> very yeah. very cool. Talk and about I- flame kissed. <laughs> and and I and I have to imagine that uh that Constantine and Price did indeed survive. Yeah. Uh, of course. The they're a little bit toastier than normal. So <laughs> they um, they didn't quite get to Anakin levels, but they're they're not they're, extra crispy. <laughs> they're probably gonna have to put on some lotion just, like to lightly get toasted, rid of the burns. You know? <laughs> You know, but but they'll they'll make sure that next time they'll put on their fifty you know fifty SPF sunscreen next time. Yeah, oh, oh, learn. that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this is you know the, the Phoenix and Gold Even Squadron. Star Destroyers should wear sunscreen. I'm just saying. <laughs> just can you imagine lathering sunscreen, that up? Because you I never mean, know what's uh, going to happen. You yeah. never know when a sun's going to explode next to you. Can, can, can you can you imagine Constantine when he shaves off that mustache to where it's white on the lip and everything else is just all fried? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> hey, it's still uh, part of the show. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is. Oh gosh, poor Emperor. I mean, Constantine is Not just pictured. an idiot. I mean, now, wait a minute. But that wait. poor guy, he can't, he, like, even when he's with Price, things can't go right. Okay. Well, I don't think got... Price is exactly the brightest either. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. But they're at least brighter than Lieutenant List. <laughs> well, okay. that's not, well, that's not saying is. much either. That's, yeah. Okay, that's not saying much, but they're at least brighter than, brighter than Lieutenant List. Also, when it comes to Constantine, look how long he's lasted against Thrawn. Okay. So there has to be something between True. these folks. True. This is why Thrawn looks so smart. <laughs> well, no, he is. Thr- no, he, he is, is smart. smart. Yolaren yeah. is oh, smart. I know. I'm Kallus just teasing. Is smart. I'm just there teasing. are many smart Imperials, but uh, yeah, I'm just I teasing. No, yeah, Thrawn yeah, yeah, is yeah. a genius. He's the Sherlock Holmes of of Star Wars. But uh, but next to all these other Imperials, he looks like an absolute 100 percent genius. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, <sighs> that is that is true. So Phoenix and Gold Squadrons they they escape. They make it out of there, and they safely arrive at the rally point on Dantooine. And that's when we get this this great message from Mon Mothma that she transmits to a to the entire galaxy. And and I have to admit, like 
as she was reading this or speaking this, I started to get kind of chills. Just, I, just. I hate to admit it as well. I was also getting slight right, chills because it was. I was not expecting this to happen in this episode. And, and she says, "You know, this is Senator Mon Mothma. I've been called a traitor for speaking out against corrupt uh, against a corrupt Galactic Senate, a Senate manipulated by the sinister tactics of the Emperor. For too long, I've watched this, uh, the heavy hand of the Empire strangle our liberties, stifling our freedoms in the name of ensuring our safety. No longer." Despite imperial threats, despite the emperor himself, I have no fear I will take new action, for I am not alone. Beginning today, we stand together as allies. I hereby resign from the Senate to fight for you, not from the distant halls of politics, but from the front lines. We will not rest until we bring an end to the empire, until we restore the Republic. Are you with me? Mic drop. And oh. that's when, like, there's a little couple, couple minutes of, of quiet while they wait. And the, and the ships start to appear out of hyperspace mm. one by mm. one it's uh i, it's I still a, get chills like just uh, talking about it right yeah now. it's like oh it's great i'm gonna have to watch it again it's the beginning well, of the rebel so did alliance you, did, how many ships of classic ships did you guys catch in there there was well, a the whole bunch oh i know so we there was well the hammerheads were there from rebels we see yeah. the uh-huh. troop transports from episode five the uh-huh. medical frigate from episode six home one was there yeah uh the only There's thing i was in corvettes disapp- yep the only thing I was disappointed by was the lack of the capital ship from Rogue One that I'm blanking on. The profundity. The profundity, oh, yeah. But I'm not surprised. Like that that that's I think I think I think Mon Cala okay. comes late later or I think they had just stolen those ships. And and I see your point on that respect, but <sighs> if this was actually the lead into Rogue One, then I could understand mm-hmm. seeing the ship there. Well, but this was but not the lead. But it is almost in. the exact same fleet that you see yeah, like, almost. It's very it, similar makeup. It's very makeup. very close. Very, quite, very close, but, but but how? But within the timeline of this episode, we're a few years out, right? So the, yeah, you that's can't what see I was going to say. Yet. Yeah, um, what, because maybe a year, not, year and a half. Because the one thing that we did not see when they were doing uh, the flash to all the little rebel cells, we didn't see. God, I'm going to blank on his name. The Mon Calamari who commanded that ship, he was not part of Ad- that. Ad- flash. Correct. I was yeah. so yeah. think that about as well. it that way. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, because you know, we, we we got to see Commander Sato, we got to see Rex, we got to see AP Five, we got to see uh, you know General Dadana, Bail Organa. That was his first appearance, by the way, which in, was cool. Rebels, which was we, cool. We got to see General Jandadana. He didn't say anything, but he's there. Uh, so, well, and so that, that that'll probably be a story that we'll get in like a season four. I suspect is so. The well, recruiting that's of the uh, the the Mon Cal's and and Admiral Radis, and you know maybe we'll even see uh, you know uh, another famous admiral. Because that's uh, so. a, that's also a very good point. Because all those old rebel cells we saw were technically humans. We never saw any of the aliens within those rebel cells, so we didn't get to see the Mon Calamari. So that makes sense at this point. So that may be a story for, as they always say, another day or another season. Yeah, man. I, there, there's so many. Like as they start to bring in more of these rebel leaders, it'd be fun to see. I don't know, like a like a. Uh, I don't know. I guess I was gonna say like an undercover operation, but I guess we've kind of already seen that in, in Rebels. But more of this, like, I, I'd love to see more more missions with the, the various Rebel commanders and, and leadership. Uh, I, I, I think, think this is I think potential. you're gonna think get we'll your wish that though. Next season. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what season four is gonna be all about. Is like the like, actual rebellion. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The thing that we yeah we played around for three seasons but now we're really going to get to the stuff like mm-hmm. this is where everything you wanted hits the fan so right and this uh-huh. and this i think is to where you can now in a way tell the story parallel to rogue one in episode four because you can see the fighting that's happening 
off to the side, like like I like to joke, I think it was last last episode about the Hasbro toys that were always off to the side. These are the fight. This is all the fight that was off to the side that now we'll be able to see. So they could possibly do that and mm-hmm. have it. But the question is going to come up, will Ezra and Kanan survive? That's the big thing because you can't have them wow. there. Yeah, you can't have them there when it gets to episode four. They have to be gone. I mean, not necessarily, all right? Um, I'm sorry. In, in my opinion, they, they have to be gone. I, I think that it will, de- it will depend on, on a lot of things. I could, I could see Kanan surviving since he's blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Because of blind you know, luck? Uh, and, yeah, <laughs> oh. that, that too. Uh, <laughs> too and, shy, uh, Thank but, you. Uh, Look, I'll just say this. You know, obviously, when when they were doing Clone Wars, George always told Dave, you know, well, well, you know, Ahsoka, she's she's got to die. So you know, mm-hmm. we're and Dave was like, no, she doesn't have to die. And and they went back and forth and back and forth. And and obviously, you know, Dave won that argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, as far as we know, she's not dead, and we'll see her again someday, right? Uh, and something. So. Everybody saying that about Kanan and Ezra, it just reminds me that it, it, Star Wars doesn't always play by the rules you think it has to play by. And so I am willing to have the uh, the opportunity for them to survive somehow. But I'm also mm-hmm. uh, uh, okay with them having them go the way the characters of Rogue One, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, I, you know, and, and especially, too, if you give Ezra and Kanan a really important mission for them to accomplish – uh, right. you know, maybe they're accomplishing that important mission during the Rogue One movie, mm-hmm. you know, and they die in that, yeah, good that point. too. So well, that's I what mean, I want to say. I want to see some be, sort of concurrent it, mission Yeah, go out in. in a blaze of yeah. glory, you yeah. know. So um, I, I'm, I'm totally 100% okay with that. Uh, you know, uh, do all of them have to die? No, I mean, you know, you, you can have a, a Hera or a Zeb or even a Sabine definitely stay alive. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit harder with the Jedi, but I'm still willing to have that be an opportunity. Well, we definitely know that Chopper and Hera survive because mm-hmm. they made it at least to Rogue One. So, True. yeah. And we know the ghost is, is basically in one in good, in shape. Right. But good it's shape. basically the, the pilot and two mechanical objects that can be repaired. Right. So, Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it'll be interesting going into season four. But, I, you know, you, you have to look at back to the episode. You have to look at Ezra. Okay. Ezra, really, I, I like it's like they come. Look how many they are. Okay. It's like, really? Hey, that's a lot. Uh, no, you mind. Ezra doesn't know what's going on in the galaxy, he doesn't know how many rebels there are. Right, and and to see to see so many people, so many so many ships arrive is is got to be a great feeling. When you know Mon Mothma put out this call, she doesn't know if anybody was going to show right. up. Right, right, She's just but saying she had the better she's line. putting herself out on a limb, being like, "I'm going to fight. Hope you guys come help me too, because otherwise I'm just going to sit here by myself and probably die." So right, but, you know. But in my but in my opinion, <laughs> she had the better line. I mean, I I really hate to say this. They could have left Ezra's line out of it because Mon Mothma had the better line, yes. where it's just it it would have been better just to have all well, the ships show, come don't in. Tell, right? We we, well, no, we, no, no, we saw no. it. So hey, hey, yeah, William, well, no. does does Tom remind you of anybody right now? What from our Twi'leks of the Night group? Where I leave <laughs> oh, talking about yeah. uh, the the oh the the lines you get where it's it's 
I think thanks for telling us what we saw on screen. Yeah, thank exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because uh, honestly, it would have been so much better if he left the line out. You see all the ships show up, and it's just a shot of her to just say, just says, "This, my friends, this is our rebellion." That that I'll, line of his was a throwaway. They could have just cut it out completely. I'll de- I'll defend that line, and yes, it's it's an obvious line, but I also think that for. Ezra seeing just how big the rebellion is beyond his tiny little cell mm-hmm. is kind of a mind blowing thing. And I think it's one of those moments where you're just watching something happen and you words come out of your mouth and it just, you know, uh, wow, there's so many more than I thought. You that would have like, been better, just, but that would have been a better line. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and maybe it's just, you know, it, they need to pick up, but I, I get the sentiment that they're going for. And, uh-huh. and so it worked for me f- to, to okay. watch a little boy who, you know, has been through so much in the last three years, who's, okay. who's a teenager now, just kind of being like, holy, you know, you, you can't say that. Holy on, heck. Yeah. Holy shnikes. There you go. Okay. Perfect. Holy Sith Lords. Holy Sith Lords, Mon Mothma, look! <laughs> it, it was such a cool and uplifting scene, though, overall. It really just, was. It, mm-hmm. and, I, and we kind of talked about this, but just, oh, it's so good. Uh, and I, I actually watched... It, it, it's funny, because I, I, as soon as the episode ended, I immediately watched it again. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to do the show notes right now, because I just enjoyed this so much. I just was so excited. Yeah. Even though... It, it wasn't on. Good. It wasn't on the level of like. It's not like an Ahsoka versus Vader thing, or whatever. I didn't, I didn't really have to process that. It was just left me with such a great, happy feeling, seeing the um, seeing the rebellion come together finally, uh, mm. after all this time. The one question I have for you guys: uh, I was surprised that they came so quickly, and also that they knew where to go. Um, I, I'm curious how like how did Mon Mothma pass along the the meeting point without the empire figuring it out. Okay, let's Minoc see. post. Well, I she sent I, it by Minoc. I'm kind of thinking within her speech is there something like every third word <laughs> and you cross with every seventh letter and then go by <laughs> the fourth paragraph it, <laughs> or I'm sorry, the 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 fourth sentence and then you multiply that by the last like me. There you mm-hmm. go. And a question mark. And once you decode that, boom, there's your coordinates. Right. Nailed I it, says, <laughs> Thank you. And, 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 and having them all appear at once did seem kind of risky. Uh, right. But, you know, maybe they do want to have them all together to put, you know, to f- officially form the, the rebellion. Um, I, I think it, what it did, it did it for dram- they, they did it for dramatic effect because it gave everybody that, that thought of Rogue One with the full yeah. fleet. Well, and, and, and now you, you like, see that fleet, and it totally worked, right? Yeah, I, I, like yeah. I said, I, I loved the scene. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and and it, we know that this is going to be a rebel base for a while. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, this is this is not only started the alliance, but this is going to be a rebel base for some time. Right. Uh, and 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 by the time, I mean, so we have a year or so till we get to a new hope. And so this could be a rebel base for at least six months. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And because when, you know, obviously in 
a new hope they say the rebel base has been abandoned for some time so that you know it could be a three weeks or you know a month or whatever so you definitely have this place it is going to be active business mm-hmm. for the rebels and my guess is, is they'll keep their rebel cells in different spots but there will also be this kind of super secret location that we don't really go in and out of a lot because we don't want to attract attention. Well, much like Yavin 4 and Rogue One, right? Where everyone came to to Yavin 4 for a special meeting, but typically they wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think Dantooine is, you know, is, is the predecessor to that, right? They, they moved the base from Dantooine, Dantooine to Yavin 4. And I have a feeling that Chopper Base is not going to be around much longer. And no. I don't think it'll survive the season. Uh, and no, I, think, I think that's what uh, Zero Hour is going to be all about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I yeah. think that, I think that that base will be, you know, overrun. And I think they're going to, that the, the crew of the, of the ghost will move to Dantooine. And I think that's, that's the, the new base. The end of the season. At the end of the season, right? That would make sense. I think that's where they move, and we see the formations of the first Mm -hmm. rebel base on Dantooine, and they're going to hang out there with Mon Mothma, and all the other cells will come and go, and you know, as needed. But uh, I think our our crew is going to make that their their primary base of operations, and we're going to say goodbye to the Lothal system. Yep, and I'm okay with that. So yeah. am I. No, so I, am I. Dantooine's a great upgrade. I love that they're going to Dantooine. It's good. As yeah, long you... as it looks like KOTOR's grassy plains. Yes. Then yes. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We you know, when you mentioned grassy plains, it reminds me of uh, Attack of the Clones where you have um, Anakin and Padme running through the plains. Yes. Yeah. The hills are alive. With these big, great, big brown beasties. Whatever, whatever right. they were. Yeah, right. can, yeah. I think I think it's Womprat time, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting hungry. Uh, there's, no, there's no, yeah. I think about it. It is definitely time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm getting hungry and starting to fade. So, I, I, as you can tell, because when I sing, I'm fading. Um, how about um, Matt? Why don't you go first? Yeah, sure. Um, goodness. I I would have to say that this is probably one of the best episodes of Rebels ever. I mean, just legitimately for what it's doing for the story, the way it's connecting to the films we love, especially obviously we we all love Rogue One now and 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 of course Star Wars and because of that it's it's brilliant stuff. Um and and everything like we talked about a few times. Everything we always knew we always wanted <laughs> mm-hmm. and it, it's finally here and i cannot wait i am crossing my fingers that uh, for the most part uh it, the rebels series is turning uh just to the right now we're always going to be continuing on these mythology type episodes from now on with season four and uh, the rest of season three for the most part so Yep. Uh, this this to me deserves nine and a half womp rats, uh, and these womp rats, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, they were on the underside of the fuel canisters, uh, but they were able to scurry their way to the Y wing that Ezra jumped into, uh, and go along for the ride. And well, let's just say that um, they really enjoyed being in the nebula. They mm. all have wonderful tans now, and they're all still alive. So Nice. Yeah. No, no Womp Rats were harmed during the making of this episode. 
So they're so they're nice. sitting there. Yeah, they're sitting there with beach chairs and umbrellas and exactly. little cocktails. Yeah, they they yeah they all had mai tais, you know. So cool. Get it, um, mai tais. Got it. And and those mai tais, if they happen to have some alcohol inside, you realize they will be set on fire. It, well, that's or that's or, true. Or, are they, or are they non-alcoholic? Because that way they will not get burned. Uh, they were they were the non-alcoholic type. Uh, okay. These womp rats were are trying to quit. So got it. So yeah. they survive. Yes. Well, then he took my idea because they weren't going to survive with me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, Steven, you want to go next? Sure. Uh, so I'm I'm largely in the same boat. I wouldn't say it was one of my favorite episodes of the season, but I definitely enjoyed it. Um, it was... It started off a little bit slow. Uh, it, it like it. It felt almost like two episodes, I guess. The first half was mm-hmm. a slow, uh, kind of like uh, tense experience, and then we swap into the second half, which is much more of the space battle coolness of it all. Um, so I really liked the episode overall. Um, I think I'm gonna have to give it an eight and a half, eight and a half Womp Rats out of ten, I believe, and. Uh, I, I hate to tell you guys this. We act, they miss they screwed up a little bit on the episode. Um, they talk about how proton torpedoes that are launched into the nebula will cause an explosion. Mm-hmm. That's not what it is. It, it they there were eight and a half womp rats that got launched into the nebula, causing a massive explosion. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it was like methane from the <laughs> womp rats. So, <laughs> uh, so well, I mean, so- that maybe that's part of the like underneath it, but I just know. Womp rats get fired out, and uh, stuff happens. Explosions happen. Explosions happen, yeah. Got it. Okay. So so they were riding the proton torpedoes as, as they were... Okay. I'm <laughs> no, no, stop they, now. Were, they were the proton torpedoes. Oh, they were the proton torpedoes. Okay. Period. Got it. Okay. Um, I, I, I guess I'll go next. Um, you know what? I liked the episode. I thought it was a solid episode. I really like how... You know what? William, I agree. You had this feeling that it was going to be a filler episode and it kind of snuck up on you by not being a filler episode. And what got me about this, it went by so quick. It honestly did not feel like it was a 22 minute episode because it seemed like right when it started, it moved at a great pace and it was over. Okay. And the way it ended was great as well. So I am going to have to give this probably, um, I'm going to give this a nine uh, out of 10. Um, and I'm going to take my, oh man. Uh, I'm going to take my nine Womp Rats and sadly they were a part of Gold Squadron that didn't make it. Aww. You know what? I, I, <laughs> That's the, very the, unfortunate. The best, I know, but the, the best ones for me have already been taken. I, I, I can't let them go into the nebula and burn up because Matt has them sitting there and, you know, at their little beach umbrellas and, and cocktails <laughs> and Mai Tais that are non-alcoholic and, and they're just cruising around having a good old time slathering on sunscreen, you know, so they really don't get burned. And, you know, Stephen, you did what you did with yours, I guess, with me. I'm just going to be nice and just, you know, they, they didn't survive because they were a part of, you know, Gold Squadron and that's what happened. So I'm done. William, I okay, think you're last. Well, you know, I, I, as I said earlier, I was not expecting this episode to be as momentous as it was, right? And I, I, as we've learned throughout the show, there's not, there's there's different types of episodes. Some some are more standalone. I, I don't want to call them filler. They're more standalone, and they do 
accrue value to the series as a whole, right? We see how they acquire the different ships or resources and eventually they tie it all together. And it's really cool. And I like how they do that. Uh, it's not necessarily as exciting as, you know, a big conflict between like Ahsoka and Vader, for example, or the upcoming Maul versus Obi-Wan fight. It's not on that level, but it's still really enjoyable. And I was expecting something more like, more like that in Secret Cargo. Um, what we got was this really awesome well i mean the beginning was um i actually would agree with steven it felt like two episodes right the beginning was uh, with the infiltrator droid felt like one episode and then once they got to mon mothma and they had to escape the empire and then form the rebel alliance that was the second episode and that half was just i loved it so much and the moment at the end i'll be totally honest the moment at the end drives up my rating completely even though i wasn't I didn't dislike it, but I wasn't like a huge fan at the beginning. It was just, it was good. You know, it was mm-hmm. amazing. But it was good. Uh, but the end of the episode just, just drives it up there. So I'm going to give it nine as well. Um, I really, really loved it. And so, of course, as you may or may not know, my nine Womp Rats were um, actually piloting all of the ships that jumped to Dantooine because Mon Mothma knew and the, the rebel leaders, you know, the different cells knew they couldn't all join in person. That would be too dangerous. So they sent them their Womp Rats on their behalf, piloting their ships uh, to come meet with Mon Mothma and, and form the Rebel Alliance. So the Rebel Alliance, when it was formed, was just Mon Mothma talking to a group of nine Womp Rats uh, so, around a table. Okay, so the nine That's Womp what we didn't see were, in the episode. So. Got it. Okay, so the nine Womp Rats were the representatives of yeah. each of the Rebel Cells. Exactly. So there were nine Rebel Cells. Yeah. Okay. Makes okay. sense, right? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Works for me. So, coming up on Ion Cannon, we have Rebels Season 3, Episode 19, Double Agent Droid. Uh, this episode was written by Brent Friedman, actually. And uh, in this episode, Chopper and AP5 team up to infiltrate an Imperial station to steal needed codes, but an Imperial specialist turns the droids against the crew to cause chaos and if you've seen the preview from rebels recon um it looks like a really fun episode it's like a it's gonna be some comedy some suspense and thrillers so uh, i'm looking forward to this one a lot and we might see some familiar faces as well and i'll just leave it at that um so i'm excited for this one and then this is like the last uh normal season episode i would say before the climactic uh, events of the last three episodes of the season. It's hard to believe we're just down to the last four episodes. Wow. Yeah, we've got pretty the, big, the big Obi-Wan and Vamal confrontation next, and then after that's Thrawn's zero hour in a two-parter. So. so I know they made the announcement for episode, I mean season four, but has anybody said when it will air? This fall. Or, this fall. Uh, this fall. So yeah. nobody said, you know, we'll be back on, on this date in the fall. No, like, we probably oh, won't we'll get that till, we probably won't get that till late summer, probably. Oh well. If I had to or, guess. Or or at celebration. Or at Comic Con. Possibly. Yeah. We might I, I don't know. It seems like the a date for that might I'm trying to remember when they gave us the date last time. I thought historically they've done it like over the summer, but it could be, yeah. could be at celebration. Enjoy celebration, guys. Or we we're sure. gonna miss you there. But, yeah. but we have a couple episodes before celebration, so stay tuned. We still have a lot. Next week we're gonna be back with our review of um Aftermath Empire's End. 
And right. then um, later that day, you'll also get another episode. We're going to be doing two uh, next weekend. We're reviewing uh, Secret Cargo. So I'm excited for both. No, you talked Wait, about Secret Cargo this week. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not double, Secret Cargo. Double Agent, double Agent Droid. Droid. You don't want an, a second episode on Secret Cargo? Not this well, time. Well, I mean, if there was like a part two of it, I, I think everybody would be okay with Wait, that. Wait, Matt, you, you haven't Just... seen the, the, the top secret that's that, that's I, the secret cargo. It's a second episode. It, I didn't God. see the secret cargo. Wow, I missed and, it. And, and, and you know uh, what? I, just I thought it was just Mon Mothma, okay, but it was something else. Mon Mothma was holding onto the other episode. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, all right. So, uh-huh. yeah, I I think we better go <laughs> you because think I actually, you're so clever. <laughs> no, we we better so, go before I say something else because I I just looked at the episode coming up and went, huh? We're going to be recording an episode about a Dad, double agent droid, D-A-D. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and with uh, that. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> Matt, Matt, thanks for thanks for joining us on yeah, the show. Yeah, thank you. It's been awesome to be on with you guys. This was fantastic. Thank oh, you so thank much. You so, this yeah, is a we, great we episode. Thanks for being on, Matt. Do you want to plug yeah. your, uh, your awesome uh, site oh, yeah. and podcasts uh, and sure, social sure. media? Yeah. Um, yeah, you could find me on Twitter, at um, Rushing02. Uh, I'm on the Track FM network doing the 602 Club. I think everybody will enjoy it. It's the general geek show, so we talk about all the fandoms we love, from Star Wars to, you know, uh, Bond to Marvel, DC. I mean, we're just, we try to cover it all as much mm-hmm. as we can. So uh, we also have Star Wars, the 602 Club collection, and that's just all the Star Wars episodes in one place. You can find both of those on iTunes. And then, of course, uh, on the Nerd Party Network, uh, doing aggressive negotiations with my good friend John Mills. Uh, and, and really, every week we just pick a fun, interesting topic that we've been thinking about or talking about together, and then we just record on it. It's just it, – it's it's – like sitting, you know, at a bar or, you know, at a burger joint with a milkshake with your friend and you're just talking about Star Wars and, and uh, we just kind of bat it back and forth. So I hope everybody will check that out. That sounds like fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you do so many great things. So thanks for coming on. We love Thank having you. you on. Appreciate it, guys. It's been a it's been a real pleasure to be on this episode uh, and talking about this episode of Rebels. And so, uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. No problem. I, I'm Anytime. not sure if you'll be able to make it back, though. I just, you know, when you're flying on Y wings, they're so slow. You just, you may not catch us next time. <laughs> Ooh. Wow! That's fired. Shots fired. You know what? I think his womp rats are no, going to help him I... out because they're they're sitting on a beach somewhere. They're going to be able to take. Yeah, that my womp rats and... are happy. Yeah, they're happy, happy. That's true. And they're really good yeah. mechanics. So they've yeah. <laughs> given me some fantastic upgrades. It's true. Why? Uh, y wing and you. E- Ewok, Y-wing, and Wombat Death Squads—not uh, not something we trifled with. <laughs> I think. Watch I think out. on that note, <laughs> thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll be talking to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear. Please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. 
This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2016.